You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Long's Chicago Bears career may be coming to an end with a fourth straight trip to injured reserve. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're looking at the implications of the potential change coming to the Chicago Bears offensive line. We'll reflect on Kyle Long's career up to this point and why this may signal the end of his time in Chicago. We'll look ahead to what this could mean for the offensive line moving forward and what their options are. And then we'll wrap up with a look at their options on the trade market, at least internally, what the team has available with the trade deadline approaching later this month. In case you missed it, on Sunday morning, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport tweeted, the Bears are likely to place standout offensive lineman Kyle Long on injured reserve. Team's offensive line has struggled and they make a major move based on health. Now at the time of this recording, the Bears have not formally made that roster move and have therefore have not made a corresponding move on the roster to replace him on the 53. But Ian Rappaport is not one to be wrong with those types of reports, so we can safely assume it's going to happen at some point. And the Bears don't have a huge rush until they get back to practice to prepare for the New Orleans Saints. But what it does mean is Kyle Long's season is likely over and his Chicago Bears career looks all but over. Because you may remember this offseason, Kyle Long agreed to restructure his contract with the Bears, essentially taking a pay cut and shifting some of the money into a future year and giving the Bears a lot of cap flexibility to release him once this season was done. So when you go into 2020, he would cost $9.6 million against the salary cap, which is $4 million more than he does right now. But the majority of that money is in base salary, so the team could release him and save a little bit over $8 million this offseason. And given Kyle Long's level of play, his injury history, his age, uh, approaching his uh, year, age 31, in December his birthday comes, it's looking very likely that Kyle Long will be done for the rest of the season and will be released this offseason and will no longer be a Chicago Bear. And it marks the end of really a somewhat disappointing end to his career and disappointing just for him that we know he can be such a quality offensive lineman when he's healthy and we just haven't gotten to see him healthy really for more than a few games in the last, what, four years. It seems like each season he's either, he'll start off healthy and then end up on injured reserve or sometimes it lingers into the start of the season and then we maybe get a little bit of healthy Kyle Long. But it's really been a, a problem that's really derailed his whole career. You look back, 2016, it was the ankle injury. that I think that was when he got rolled up on against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I might be getting those injuries mixed up. And that lingered into the season, and then he ended up finishing that year with a shoulder injury in 2017 to land on injured reserve. Last year, it was the foot injury, and then, of course, this time around, hip is what has been on the injury report for him and what kept him out against the Minnesota Vikings. And we've talked before about how 
poor he has played this season and how the Bears needed better at the right guard spot. So from a football standpoint, this is the best thing for the team. And from for Kyle Long's health, it may also be the best thing for him as well. But obviously a difficult decision to make for a guy who is a leader in the locker room, not only on the offensive line, not only on the offense, but for the team. I mean, he's long been one of the few vocal faces of the franchise, a player who was with the team through some very poor times. You know, he he came in Mark Tressman's first season, got to live through all of that, got to play through all of John Fox's tenure as well. And really, he, he hasn't had a super successful season that he's actually been a part of for the long haul, right? I mean, last year was his only winning season in his Bears career, and he spent a good half of it on injured reserve with that foot injury. So he got to still be around the team, but he hasn't had that on-field success that every player is, of course, seeking when they come to the NFL. But, you know, for the risk of the draft pick that he was in 2013, a raw offensive line prospect out of Oregon, a guy who hadn't really played a whole lot of the position in college, very limited experience, but just a, an incredible athlete with size and mobility and strength that, for the most part, panned out when he was on the field. No question, you know, for three Pro Bowls to start his career, this guy made Phil Emery look pretty smart for taking that chance with the 20th overall pick, especially, you might remember that draft, there were some other linemen like Travis Frederick from Wisconsin who was in there and a lot of talented players toward the end of that first round. They just missed Justin Pugh, the pick before. But Kyle Long had the potential and he had the versatility to move to right tackle in 2015 and play that at a Pro Bowl level. And I, I don't want to go all the way back through that debate, but I do contend that he was more valuable to the team at offensive tackle. And, and if he can't stay healthy at either spot, that he can't stay healthy. But I thought he didn't get enough credit for how well he played, given how late in that year, you know, it was right at the end of the preseason, right before the regular season, the Bears made the switch to move Kyle Long to offensive tackle. And he had to learn on the fly and played it at a pretty darn good level. And that was inadvertently or coincidentally his last full 16-game season. And you wonder if there's there's some of those what-if questions about Kyle Long's career. And I don't mean to write the obituary because he could still very well go on and play for somebody else or maybe even come back to the Bears as a backup. But either way, seems like Kyle Long's starting career in Chicago is done. Someone else will be taken over at right guard moving forward, and that should provide a nice little boost to this offensive line. Maybe it's time to put your performance issues on IR with our friends at Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. And Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package so you don't have to go to the doctor or even the pharmacy and deal with any of that awkwardness. Plus, they're made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, it's even cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. You just pay $5 shipping. 
Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Kyle Long's return to injured reserve will open up a spot on the Bears' 53-man roster. And I apologize in advance if you're listening to this after they've already made the decision on where they're going to use that roster spot. But as of Sunday night, still no decision made yet. But we could almost certainly expect someone on the offensive line to be added to this 53-man roster. Because when Kyle Long goes down, that will leave you with Cornelius Lucas and Rashad Coward as your primary backups with Ted Larson projected to start at right guard. And Ted Larson also has the versatility to play center as well. So that could shape what the Bears do with that roster spot. Because I think we all want to see Alex Bars elevated to the 53-man roster. And I believe he is the best option in terms of the highest quality player of offensive linemen that they could add to this team reasonably at this point. I would almost, I would kind of rather see Alex Barr step into the starting lineup over Ted Larson just because, he, you know, young and potential and a lot of great things that we've seen from Alex Barr's. But the problem is Ted Larson is your backup center. And when you plug him into right guard, it does make me wonder, just hesitant, like if you're going to have an injury to James Daniels, you would no longer have a direct backup center. And then you would be required to move either Larson from right guard to center and bring in a new right guard, which could very well be Alex Bars or Rashad Coward. Or the other side, you could move Cody Whitehair from left guard to center and bring in another backup guard on the left side. So it just makes me wonder, there is maybe a slight chance they could add a guy like Sam Mustafer from the practice squad who played third string center in the preseason, also the other Notre Dame offensive lineman. I don't think they're likely going to make that decision. I think it's probably going to be Alex Bars. It just makes the most sense in terms of every reason that you could possibly think of. But I wouldn't expect Bars to see the starting lineup or, or the field very soon, right? I think he's still going to be pretty far down the pecking order here in terms of Ted Larson gets the spot in the starting lineup, and he deserves it. I mean, he's the veteran. He filled in in Minnesota pretty darn well before he got hurt, and then Rashad Coward had to come in for him, and there's kind of already that hierarchy pretty clearly established here. But I just don't have a ton of confidence yet in Rashad Coward, and not that I don't believe he can still become a very good offensive lineman. I just think we're very early still in his uh, transition to the offensive line. This is only his second regular season since coming over from the defensive line, uh, you know, and, uh, playing a new position that's very, very new, not something that he had a lot of experience with in his NFL career. He was okay in the preseason, and he held his own in about 30 snaps against the Vikings when Ted Larson got hurt, but he's still not a guy I want to rely on for a full starting lineup load that I think opposing defensive lines would target and attack him, maybe in some of the ways that they currently did for Kyle Long, given the weakness at that position, but I think especially an inexperienced and developmental prospect there in Coward, I would feel much more comfortable with Alex Bars in terms of the consistency and the development filling in there than Rashad Coward, but I have a feeling Bars will still sort of find himself 
on the bottom of that list if he is indeed promoted to the 53-man roster. But the Bears don't have to go to the practice squad necessarily to fill out their offensive line. The free agent market, you know, halfway through the regular season is never going to be uh, robust. (laughs) There's not a lot of high-quality options at this point, but some veterans that you can sort of rely on here and there. You know, a couple of guys that, that stand out to me, Ryan Schrader, the right tackle, was a, a longtime starter for the Atlanta Falcons and played at a pretty high level. He's been kind of the hot name flying around for, like, the 49ers who just put uh, one of their young players on injured reserve. But I, I think Schrader's a guy to definitely keep an eye on there. You know, on the on the interior a little more, a guy like Vladimir Dukas, who played for the Bears once upon a time and could kind of come back in in a similar role, or even Russell Bodine can play some of that center, some of that guard as well. So there's there's some different options. Maybe Brandon Fusco, Chance Warmack, not guys that you want to throw into the starting lineup necessarily, but we're sort of talking about depth guys behind Ted Larson. And if you're not going to go with Alex Bars for whatever reason, there are, there are some veteran options that, again, I might feel just a little bit more comfortable with than Rashad Coward. It's like with the veterans, you know you're getting some inconsistency, but it's sort of the the devil you know versus the devil you don't because you just don't know what exactly Rashad Coward is capable of at this point. And I don't mean to be badgering on Coward. He's just a big question mark and a big unknown. And with the offensive line being so critical, I think right now to this offense's success with inconsistent quarterback play and with a running game that's been ineffective, you need to absolutely get the best offensive line possible. I think putting Kyle Long on injured reserve is a step in that direction, especially once we're sure Ted Larson is healthy and ready to go. I suppose the Bears could also look to the trade market to try and add some more offensive line depth. And I don't want to get too far into the speculation of which players on other teams might be available. But up next on the podcast, I want to go into which players on the Chicago Bears could be be available with the trade deadline coming up later this month. Whether it's offensive line help or something else, who do the Bears even have that is disposable? Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. The NFL trade deadline this year falls on October 29th. So we still have a good two weeks before the clock really starts ticking. But I thought the bye week here would be a good opportunity to sort of look inward rather than outward because I think it's a little bit easier to speculate about the team we know the most about rather than trying to guess a little bit here and there on what how other teams might value their own players. Because, of course, it's easy to look around and say, oh, man, imagine if the Bears traded for... Stefan Diggs. I mean, pick your pick your player, right? Patrick Peterson. Some of the guys that have been rumored to be available and how much they actually are, we don't know. But it's fun, you know, to sort of turn your Madden GM franchise mode on, you know, in real life and look at this Bears team and say, oh man, if the Bears could go and trade for and you know a star at some position another pass rusher you know how great could this team be and we talked a little bit about the quarterbacks on the mailbag podcast and sort of uh, dispelling some of the possibilities of a trade for you name it Josh Rosen Marcus Mariota uh Ryan Tannehill Nick Foles etc quarterback trade not going to happen for this Bears team but as for any trade of course the Bears have to give something up to get a good player in return. And 
the draft pick compensation that the Bears have at this point is lacking a little bit, right? The Bears are still dealing with the aftermath of the Khalil Mack trade in terms of picks still going over to Oakland, and I believe they'll be Las Vegas by the time the draft comes around. That's a, that's a separate tangent. But the Bears also traded a, their fourth-round pick this year to the New England Patriots in the draft last year to move up to take Riley Ridley in the fourth round. So the, the Bears' draft capital for 2020 is, again, limited compared to a, a normal full year. So the Bears aren't going to be able to trade more than late-round picks unless they really want to uh, go all in and kind of sacrifice their future ability to add to the team. So if the Bears are going to make some kind of trade deadline deal, perhaps they may be better off uh, sending a player, maybe in combination with a late-round pick or something, but I, I would look more toward the player side of it. Those are becoming a little bit more common in the NFL, but they were quite uncommon for a long time. But it's it, it's fun to look, kind of look over this roster and see where you might have a little bit extra to move through because it's a talented Bears team, and this team is trying to win the Super Bowl and make the playoffs and win the division and replicate a 12-4 and four season. So they don't want to give up any reliable talent that they don't have to in order to be able to keep their team as good as possible. So you're not talking about trading a clear-cut, high-quality starting player necessarily, but if you have the ability to trade for someone who would be an upgrade, then maybe a, a few of your guys become expendable. And I don't think it's a particularly long list at this point, but I think there are a few guys so far that I think it's almost more, it's, it's the combination of could the Bears survive without them and would another team be interested in them? So, for example, somebody like Adam Shaheen or Trey Burton is is a name or a pair of names that I'm torn on in this regard because I don't know how high their trade values would be, but perhaps teams could be interested in them, right? They're very underperforming for the Chicago Bears, so their trade value is going to be pretty significantly low. And I don't think the Bears have a strong desire to trade either one, and they would probably have to get a very strong offer to consider it. And given their low value, they're not going to receive that strong offer. And so the chances of that happening seem low, but that is a, is a position where the Bears have five tight ends on the roster right now. They're not getting enough production out of them anyway. So if a team wanted to take a chance on Adam Shaheen and saw some untapped potential that the Bears feel like maybe after, what now, three, this is his third season and they're still not getting what they want out of him, maybe get some kind of something for him now rather than having him play out his rookie contract and and go elsewhere. And even with Trey Burton, you know, coming with a not a big price tag, but not a little price tag either, a, a moderate price tag on that contract, you could save some money if a team was willing to sort of add him into their tight end rotation and, and try and get more out of him than the Bears have gotten. So, you know, it's kind of guys like that that are on this borderline area. And, and all these guys are going to be kind of borderline guys, but those tight ends especially find themselves the most borderline. But if I had to circle sort of the top trade assets, I think there are three that I come away with. Each one has sort of their own specific dynamics, so it's kind of hard to say exactly who is the most valuable, but I would think Taylor Gabriel is probably number one on that list. He's the Bears' number two wide receiver. He had the huge game against Washington, has been sidelined since with the concussion, 
but he's kind of found himself in a, in an interesting spot because Anthony Miller is obviously a young, promising wide receiver. Javon Wims continues to show more and more, and Gabriel's sort of the veteran who has a very strong skill set and can win with that speed and that deep ball, but isn't as well-rounded of an option and kind of feels like a little bit of the odd man out. And perhaps another team in need of some wide receiver help could see him as an upgrade and an option, and the Bears could feel like, well, between Robinson, Miller, Wims, Patterson, and then the rookie, Riley Ridley, who we have not even seen yet, he's been inactive all season, maybe the Bears could, you know, could stand to give up something at wide receiver if you're going to be upgrading somewhere else. And I don't think trading Anthony Miller would be a good idea. I don't think Javon Wims trading him would be a good idea because you don't want to trade young ascending players so early in their career. So Gabriel finds himself as sort of the veteran with an unknown future as the younger players continue to play better. He still has two more years on his deal after 2019. It'll be a, a six and a half and a seven and a half million dollars cap hit, which is not nothing, and he's, he's got a contract that's fairly easy to get out of after this season. So a team that acquires him would have low risk from a financial standpoint, and he's a guy who can add some of that deep threat to an offense. So I, I, I would think once he, he's clearing the concussion protocol, which you can't trade him while he's injured, so that's the immediate hurdle for Taylor Gabriel, I would see him as probably the most intriguing of the Bears' potential trade options that other teams could be looking at. But I also think... Nick Kwiatkowski, in terms of a team that could trade for him and plug him into the starting lineup and feel pretty good about it, I, I would think Kwiatkowski could have some trade value in that regard. That There aren't a lot of young, ascending, starting quality inside linebackers available on the trade market at this point. I mean, he's 26, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. So anyone trading for Nick Kwiatkowski will only get him for the next you know, 10 weeks, you know, depending on what time of the year they exactly trade for him and what week of the season, but that's all you're going to get. And then you have to give him a new contract if you want to keep him in your starting lineup. So you're trading for him to fill in for this season, you know, as a, as a rental, but also to sort of get a pre look before he hits free agency to decide, you know, if this was a guy that your team was considering as a free agent this off season, if you trade for him ahead of time, you sort of get that early look before you decide whether you want to commit to him on a multi-year contract. And I, I do think Kwiatkowski, you know, benefited from being able to get in the starting lineup a little bit with uh, Roquan Smith's personal matters, personal issue, sideline reasons. And it sort of reminded the NFL that, hey, Nick Kwiatkowski can play. And uh, if you want to get a shot at him early, he's just sitting on this Bears bench. And, and that could be a spot where uh, the Bears could, if they were to look at a trade, find some value there. And then the last one, running back Mike Davis, you know, a guy who continues to find himself out of the running back rotation. He's been inactive at times. He can play special teams, and he is a great all-around running back. He can carry the load as a starter if you need him to. He's an effective receiver out of the backfield, one of the, one of the better pass-blocking running backs in the NFL. And if a team needs some running back depth, there's a guy who's who's not being utilized by his team. It's a, a pretty reasonable contract, two years, $6 million, so you got another year with him, but it's not something that you're stuck paying him a ton of money if you change your mind later on down the line. And if the Bears aren't going to use him, you know, another team could kind of see that as a potential upgrade for their backfield. And when you talk about the Bears running back depth, they have Ryan Null and Kareth White on the practice squad, so they have other options. And if your third running back isn't going to be involved in this offense as it is right now anyway— 
as Mike Davis is, maybe you could get something for him and rather than sort of have this asset just sit there and be unused, kind of like Nick Kwiatkowski, if you could squeeze something out of it, that, you know, that would help your team a little bit more in the long run. So none of these guys are big blockbuster trade options. None of them are going to bring you a first or a second or even a third or maybe even a fourth round pick, right? These are all sort of player for player and, and late round pick type deals. But if we're talking about acquiring more offensive line depth, you know, trading Taylor Gabriel for a, a, a very good backup offensive lineman, maybe that's a maybe that's pretty good value. Or, you know, you trade Mike Davis for another pass rusher to add to your rotation. Not a starter, but just a guy who you can get more use out of than the player that you give up. So the, the Bears have some options. I'm not expecting them to make any trades at this point. I, I would expect an almost silent trade deadline unless it's a seventh-round pick for some guy to just to plug in as a as a flyer there or unless something crazy happens injury-wise on this roster before then. But as it stands now, I don't think the Bears should feel any pressure to make a big trade deadline trade, but they do have some options if Ryan Pace gets uh, aggressive. You can be sure we'll break down whatever happens at the trade deadline right here on Locked on Bears. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Don't forget to submit your questions for this week's Mailbag Podcast. We do it every Friday. We take your calls, your voicemails, 312-620-8590. Also texts to that same phone number. You can tweet at LockedOnBears. You can email LockedOnBears at gmail.com. Just get your questions in and we'll get your answers right here on the podcast. We'll keep the bye week Bears talk going for you all week long. And before, before you know it, we're going to be previewing Sunday's matchup with the New Orleans Saints. So we're getting through it. There's a long weekend with no Chicago Bears football, but I hope it wasn't too hard. And I hope the podcast was able to help you bear down.